and we're back for another episode of Black and Yellow, Black History Month edition. How has your Black History Month been thus far? It's been good. I feel like February flew by. Just yes, and it was really cold, and it rained. Was it almost rained all of February? Yes, Mother Nature was crying. She was not happy with the state of the world. Yeah, this month, that's for sure. Los Angeles, for it to just rain one day is insane. Yeah, but for it to rain almost an entire month, it was snowing in Eagle Rock. Eagle Rock, for those of you who are not familiar with Los Angeles, Eagle Rock is a east. Is the east side of Los Angeles. If you know of where Pasadena is, if you know of the Rose Rose Bowl, that's east. So it's directly away from the ocean. Yes. Yeah. Wait, it was snowing here? It was snowing. Like where? In Eagle Rock. So like a little bit up Colorado. Just, I mean, it's obviously more north. But it was snowing. Yeah, I mean, I woke up this morning with frost on my windshield. Wow. Yeah. And then I was like a total LA girl about it. And I was like, ah, there's something on my windshield. Let me spray some water on it and then get my windshield wipers going. not a cat. Going so that the ice would go away. Shock and, oh, and surprise. Me. The ice didn't go away. And I was driving down the freeway looking out of my passenger, out of my driver's, driver's side seat. window. I can just imagine you doing that in the morning. Being like, ah. Listen, I had a long run to get to. We talked about it. We did. We did. We, we talked about it. Each other. Uh, 22 miles. Congratulations. You yeah, go, girl. I had a surprise 22-mile run this morning. Just staying on that New Year's Eve or yep. New Year's resolution, trying to get to that marathon. When is your marathon? Uh, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow will be one. No. <laughs> sorry. No, sorry. <laughs> I say tomorrow it will be one month. Okay. <laughs> Oh, thanks for telling me. Like, you know I wanted to no, see no, you at the no, finish no. line. You have time. You have time. You have time. One month. So what's today? February. 23rd. So March 23rd? 24th. March 24th. Okay. Yeah, so we're okay. coming up on it. You go, girl. Thank you. 22 miles today, and the marathon is 26 miles? Correct. So you're already there. I mean, it, that's very kind of you. Do you have um a time limit that you want to beat or do you just want to finish it? It's my first one. I just want to finish it. Okay. Eventually. It's your first full marathon because last year you did a half marathon right. in October. Exactly. Okay. I would like to run the Boston Marathon. I'll go I with you. Like to get... I have my lovers there. Ah. Ooh. Shout out to Ian. Hey. <laughs> um, I would like to get a qualifying time to qualify for Boston but let's. let's... What's the qualify? I have no idea. Oh. Like, yeah, I you didn't look into I'm it. You just like, you're just like. Think, I'm trying to get through this. You're just like March 24th and that's it right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've got two gnarly blitz with some womp in them like I yeah one, you were cracking me up you were just like moving slow oh yeah moving real slow like oh, yeah. every other text that you were sending me was like I'm moving slow slow process moving slow <laughs> like you like there were so many ways you were describing me how you were moving slow yep. and it was just cracking me I had to push up. back the time of this recording by about half an hour because um, I I get it. It was a surprise, like twenty-two mile run, and we had a set time. And I didn't. How many did you think you guys were going to run this morning? I thought twelve to fifteen because we did okay ten miles last week, but half of that was all hills. So I got. I was yeah, and then down. Oh, I see. Yeah, duh, hills. Up and down. I get it. (laughs) Apparently, my mind hills are only going up. So I was ready for like twelve to fifteen, and then. I got there. Seven and, more, yeah. That's yeah, quite a bit. the lady was like, it's 22. And I was like, 2-2? Two, two? And she was like, yes, 22. And I was like, okay. You looked at her, 2-2? Two, 2-2. Two? Two, two. What are Does this girl even speak English? Like, Do you know numbers? To verify that that's what she said. 2-2. <laughs> two, two. But then in my mind, I was like, 
please. I ain't no punk. Like, let's go. <laughs> she did mention like a shorter 19 miler. And I was like, yeah. uh-uh, no. And was today mostly flat too? No. <laughs> uh-uh. What? Right. We Well, we are sitting for this. So. We, oh, thank <laughs> God. Thank God. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's been your morning today. Yeah. yeah. And then the world. Uh, so in much the world, fuck shit has happened. In the world. We should have like an in the world uh, segment. Recap. Recap. So, an update on R. Kelly. Let's start with that. The most recent of you the You know what was my favorite? I heard it. You, I mean, you can go more into it, but I go heard on it. NPR after they described what was happening and what he was going into. And whoever was speaking on NPR, I'm not knocking down NPR. I was just kind of shocked. Not as shocked, but I guess I was expecting it because of his whole, you know, journey for mm-hmm. still getting away with all this. I think the news reporter, which I guess, you know, it's fine. However, they needed to say it or write it. They were like, if he gets convicted, this is what's going to happen. And I, I like heard that out loud and I just burst out laughing because it was. He's fucked. Like R. Kelly is fucked. Going to jail for a long time. So why don't what, what so what is he uh let's you update us on this. So on Friday he was charged with ten counts of aggravated criminal sexual mm-hmm. abuse Friday morning. Duh. So, sorry guys. Obvi. <laughs> That's the twenty two miles talking. Um and nine of the ten counts involved alleged victims ranging in ages thirteen to sixteen. And there are four alleged victims in total. One of them is the subject of four different counts. Wow. Yeah. So he turned he has one million dollars bond that's been set. He turned himself in on Friday. He has a mugshot. Mm-hmm. If you're into celebrity mugshots, it's not a very good one. I have a thing about celebrity mugshots. Do like, you? I love them. They're great. <laughs> you have a collection at home? <laughs> no, but a I feel album. like a celebrity mugshot is Why? like celebrities. Celebrities, they're just like us. They end up in the clink, too. Oh. They end up looking toe up in front of that camera because they were doing God knows what. And, and, but we have the, the photographic evidence. That's true. You're right. I mean, please. Remember Lindsay Lohan's mugshot? Yep, I Britney do. Spears's mugshot? Yep. There's been a lot. Macaulay Culkin. A lot. Yeah, a ton of, like, childhood. They yeah. started me off. Oh. And then, like, you know, R. Kelly is like, isn't that bomb? Yeah, he just Reese looks like your creepy uncle. Brandy. Lots. So, uh, Robert Downey Jr. So, oh, could, they're mm-hmm. just like us. Or maybe not, because I've never been arrested. And I certainly don't have a mugshot. <laughs> they're not like you. You're one of a kind. <laughs> Those celebrities, oh, they're all the same. <laughs> me, but me, no, 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 no. I no run twenty-two miles. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, R. Kelly's attorney is very confident that R. Kelly is going to get off. I don't understand why, but I guess that's your job when you're right. an attorney. So Kelly's attorney, Steve Greenberg, said Kelly and his defense team are, quote, very happy, I don't know why, with the bond, and that it seems, quote, fair and reasonable given the allegations. No, it's not. It's a million dollars bail, and he ruined the lives of many, many, yeah, no many, mon- no 20 of money. years. Go fuck yourself. Right. One million dollars that you know he can wipe his ass with? Right. I don't think so. Right now, he's presumed innocent. By who? He said, we haven't seen any reason to believe that these allegations are credible. <laughs> um, There was a six-part series about it. It's called Surviving R. Kelly. Did you not see that? This I'm is very... great. We should read every news article with your own interpretation responding to the because news article in between the lines. getting ready for this, I found this bullshit on, this is an article from CNN, um, and I was just like, people are People are insane. Greenberg said Friday that he thinks all the women are lying. Um, what? 
Oh my gosh. I hope R. Kelly goes down. Lock him up yeah. and throw away yeah. the key. Oh, and then we'll just wait till he gets in to prison. That's, yes. That's when he's really fucked. Yes. Literally. And I think every woman that got assaulted, whose life was d- destroyed by him, should get a little bit of his money. Yeah. I don't know how much yeah. money he's worth, right. but just divvy it up among all right. the women. Yeah, I agree. I, I think no amount of money can ever replace or give back or change or heal or fix whatever it is that he did to those young mm-hmm. women when they were 13. You Awful. know, there is there's no, no amount of money. And so I guess putting him away is one thing, so he can't keep doing it really, but you know, it's it's really tragic. Yeah, and I mean, I have to I have to make an unpopular statement here, but I thank white people for R. Kelly getting locked up, I have oh, to say, yeah. because the black yeah. community kept him protected for years. And I do think that white people felt galvanized and were like, this is fucked up and they are right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. like white folks, I'm giving it up to you. <laughs> the, the white folks of Chicago. No, seriously. Yeah, I agree. Like the black community has kept him super protected. And if it were up to us, it feels like he would still be protected. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I get yeah. like, I mean, that's, I think it comes down to that. I think it's, you know, we are all one. True. You know, beneath the skin and we do all just need to help each other. Um, doesn't matter beyond everything you know it it does come down to that for sure you know even if you want to speak internationally or whatever i think i think that that's that's really the cause of of of, you know staying woke for sure y'all care about us like thank you for caring (laughs) about us we care about you times are changing sometimes more than others but like we see y'all thank you even if some black folks are still like fuck white people y'all and shit I see you. Thank you. Right. We fuck with you. Yeah. Um, Another tragic oof. slash Chicago. Uh, what the hell? What is in the water what? in Chicago? Okay. What's so? Uh, so Jesse Smollett. We talked about Jesse Smollett when the day it happened. We I think we were recording an episode. I forgot what mm. episode's on, but we were pretty. Uh, we had our opinions on it. Yeah. And I guess we not that we take that back, but I think along with everyone else who also had the similar reactions, are now I it, like it, it feel, like it feels like I got duped. <sighs> and see, we're all dumbfounded and gobsmacked. I want to see some receipts. Show me the receipts. Show me this proof that he set this up to get a higher pay raise. Show me the proof. Yeah, I just. Maybe it's the like blissful ignorance I'm choosing to live in where right. I do not want to believe that a member of my own community would orchestrate yeah. an attack like this. Yeah, by two other brother brothers who are also black. Yeah. I mean they're African. You know, or but, African I mean there's there's listen, but you black you put in the them United next States, to, yeah. please. Um, it's all hardship. I I don't want to. I don't want to believe that. I don't want to believe that he orchestrated all this for a higher pay raise. I don't want to believe th- th- that Chicago PD is telling me the truth. I mean, when have when have minorities taken any police departments reporting hook, line, and sinker? Yeah, that's well, my thing. I just I get a little confused about the whole. I mean, a little bit. Um, <laughs> I get very confused about the whole thing. And then what really for me is like I question his like sanity slightly like 
slightly question it? <laughs> Why am I using all these like? <laughs> I don't want to be so nice. Like you slightly question his like, sanity. Wh- like it's like, I, did he have ever any any showings that he was? I don't know, kind of crazy. Like what? I mean, in a lot of the reports that I read, apparently there was a letter that was sent to the Empire show. That was threatening, that I guess was, some believe it was supposed to be his first attempt at getting a higher pay raise. Oh, I see. Um, a couple of articles that I read had the net worths of all of his... Co-work, co-stars. Co-stars and, you know, like, he's the brokest of them all, that's for sure. But I mean, like, you're next to Taraji P. Henson. Yeah. Who's worth, like, $16 million. Okay, but and also, Terrence leverage. Howard. But leverage, you're on one of the most hottest shows in L.A., leverage that and use that to, you know, like... Yeah, like, use your talent to get you you're somewhere. You're already on Empire. Like, right. you've made it if you don't feel like it or you've made it at some point based on the show that you're on. If that does not, you know... um, if that does not, what's it called, reflect the amount of money you want to get paid, then you can ask and demand like the stars of Hawaii Five O did. And I think if Jerry it, Springer made a very similar point, actually. Right? Oh, yeah. Ho. And then it's like, if not, then get off the show. Why would you even be on a show that doesn't want to pay you what you think you deserve? But instead, you create this like, it's just it's insanity to me. I guess a, a part of me also wants to believe that that he didn't make it up because the fallout I don't really care about where his career goes from here. Like, yeah. his career could fall apart from here right. on out. Right, yes, like, I agree. But I feel like... Like on a mental state. Yeah, but from here on out, I I don't want victims of true hate crimes to not be believed, especially African-American or LGBTQIA yeah. victims of right. hate crimes. because he's gay. To not be believed because of some shit like this. Right, because... You know like, what I mean? Because, I, exactly, I think your point is that him pulling a stunt like this... If it's true, which right? We all hope it's not, right? But according to whatever is going on in the news, apparently it is. Correct. Uh, him pulling something like that, the severity of a hate crime, then I'm sure if another person, you know, if it's, you know, even even the thought of someone hearing or seeing a hate crime and some observer having the thought of, oh, they planned that, right? Really messes me up, right? Because. You just you, because victims should be believed. I mean, hello, right. me too. Hello, times up. Like victims should, should. be believed, right. if a woman especially is saying, marginalized ones. Absolutely. You know, if if a woman says she got raped, you're gonna believe her. She should be believed. You know, but totally. in the past too. I mean, there was like holding with Kobe and like a long, long time ago. Like all this stuff that it's just like, it's ridiculous. And I think when it does involve these people who are celebrities, people who have money, people who have a certain amount of fame. I don't know. It's it's not fair, really, mm-hmm. and and I think it, it just it causes like all this extra. Um, I don't know whatever you want to call around it that that doesn't chaos. help our case. Yeah, yeah. I you mean, know? because celebrities are so isolated, we never right. really get a sense of what's going on in their lives. But in this particular case, I just hope that because you wanted a pay raise. I hope that, like, innocent people don't die because they are not believed because you were doing this for selfish gain. Right. Like, I worry about right. those people. Exactly. Or someone who really doesn't have a home and is extremely poor and is in foster care and is gay and is a marginalized group. Like, you know. So many intersections there. There's so many. Yeah. And, and I think I think it, it's, just, it's just really sad um, mm-hmm. that this is – I, I, like, as these – 
started to come out as more of these, you know, um, news reports started coming out based on what happened. I, I just remember I saw the first one and I was like, oh, oh no. God. And then I saw the second one and I was like, oh, really? Like, is, it, is this really what's happening? And then you sent me a couple mm-hmm. and I was, I was researching on my own a little and I was just so bummed. I was like, man, this is like, well, you have better things to do in 2019. That's kind of what I was thinking too. Low key, I didn't really know much about the fallout until I went to lunch with my mom and she was like, girl, Jesse Smollett. And I'm like, wait, if my mom is like up on the Jesse Smollett gossip train, then it has to be, this is a fucking train coming off the rails. It is a train wreck happening in front of our eyes and now I have to pay attention. Well, and too, I mean, I understand too, granted we're in Los Angeles where... I feel like celebrity news trumps uh, (laughs) most news for, I mean, mostly in LA. Like I think someone in, I don't know, maybe some, some states still on the coasts, but I think especially in LA, people care more about celebrity news than say climate news or, Mm -hmm. you know, politics or so on and so forth. And, And that's, it's sad to say, but it's absolutely true. Uh, it's a very twisted type of, um, I don't know, what do you want to, how do you call it? Like a type of. Like of, a twisted paradigm that we're living in right now? Here, especially because right. of this. Like when I hear people say, oh, you live in Los Angeles. Like I was saying, it was, it was interesting. I was experiencing this a lot when I went to the East Coast. People would be like, oh, so what's it like to live in Los Angeles? And I'd be like, I know there's a lot of traffic. Well, I people think still suck, you know. But like <laughs> that's universal. But but this idea people that people can suck anywhere, right? But that I that, and that's why I would say that, because right? It's like it's not any different. But then when you are in Los Angeles, there is this like, you know, like wow, like you'll see a celebrity, and it's a very celebrity driven city for people who are on the outside, right? But like we're super jaded because we live in it, right? I can understand if you're coming from rural middle of nowhere, right? And L.A. has like, and you've bought and bought into every depiction of LA and like yeah. that's the chupacabra much like people think of New York right you know what I mean like I could see having that flurry and flood of questions it's like yeah. whenever at least I meet someone from a very foreign country I'm like you're from Timbuktu what <laughs> tell me about Timbuktu like I would tell me about Kathmandu tell me about Japan like I don't, I don't like I, I understand what you're saying yeah. totally but I also put myself in the shoes of that person that's like, what is L.A. like? And yeah. and you being like, it sucks. But like, clearly you've drank in the Kool-Aid. So I'm yeah, gonna... no, for sure. I yeah. completely agree. But, you know, that being said, with this whole Jesse Smollett thing, you think there's like even more of like, ah, mm-hmm. because celebrity. Well, I think black, we're also so gay. It like, also feels like we're just ready to believe the worst. Yeah. Which is also the disheartening thing about it. I know. I mean, the investigation's still going on, right? I want to see receipts. I, that's all I'm is saying. He, he's not like, they haven't like. I think he did go in to, I think he did turn himself in on some sort of fraud charge related to the case. But I don't know if he's in jail. Hmm. Does that mean he's like confessed that he has done it? I don't. Mm. I, I don't know the legal. Tell me everything a lot. I, 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 <laughs> okay. Listen. I'm, like sure I, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll, within at least a couple of weeks, people will figure it all out and then and then we can move on you know what's not toe up and messed up and just a wreck what our black history month feminists (laughs) like these ladies are on point point. so jack and i for black history month we wanted to honor three 
African-American feminists. Yes. First one out the gate was our past option. That was Miss Kimberly Crenshaw, because mm. without her, we would quite literally not be discussing race and gender the way we and are other now. intersections the way we are now. Right. Because and, okay. we, might not, we, we might not even have had that coin, that term coined. <laughs> you always say coin term. I did. I do. I don't know why. <laughs> it's okay. I like it. We should just say it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And her being past, meaning, you know, her laying the foundations for speaking the way that we do and writing and teaching, you know, everything that she knows so well. Uh, she's not dead, for those of you guys who no. don't know who she is. She's alive and well and she's teaching. She's teaching at UCLA. Yeah, so if you want to go take a class, go do it. I might just do it to treat myself. You don't need a prerequisite or anything. You just got to pay. But if um, you do go and you heard about her through this show, please let Kimberly and us know. That would about make Jackie and I's day. Yeah, I might. Yeah, I think I'd fall to the floor and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope she's wearing hot pink because I found a lot of pictures of her on the internet it, it dressed in hot pink. So wow. now for me, it's like African-American feminist scholar, wearer of hot pink yes. with dreads. Go, girl. Yes, I love her dreads. Yeah. Uh, and then our part two episode was Missy Elliott. Yeah. For those of you who were like me and were like, huh? Uh, what? Valid. I get that. Criminally underrated. Criminally underrated. <laughs> criminally underrated feminist whose lyrics and songs and way of life and entire career has been all about the sisterhood, has been all about supporting her fellow artists mm. and teaching them and guiding them and sh- paving the way. Uh, when no one else was doing it in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, Missy Elliott has been walking this walk and talking this talk for decades. Yeah. This ain't some new shit. She's yeah. not hopping on a new trend. No. Oh, no, 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 no. She's she, still doing it. She's still doing it. Yeah. And she's still delivering songs that spank. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I think I've been listening to a lot more of Missy Elliott since we recorded that episode because that episode like left such an imprint. Oh. Yeah, because she's definitely a lot of my running mix. She's oh. definitely been like on my Spotify playlist a lot right. more than ever before. Right, right, right. Shout out to Spotify. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to y'all. And like, shout out to Missy Elliott. Like, if you see an uptick in your streams, that's me. <laughs> that's that's me. That's black and yellow. <laughs> and so now we have arrived at our future feminist. Part three. Part three. And this one's a good one. She is a mover and a shaker. Mm -hmm. Totally. So when Jack and I were going back and forth, because for the record, she, this next feminist was the most difficult to choose because Jack and I. Well, I mean, we wanted someone who isn't necessarily someone in the present time as uh, successful or as. I don't know. Do you mean want someone who is who is growing into the success yeah, that it, they are going to eventually, obviously, right? Attain. The impact you know that they're going to have on uh, women and people of color or women in general in the future. Marginalized bodies. Marginalized bodies. We wanted someone uh, very different. Very. We wanted someone young mm-hmm. because. They're only going to get older in the future, and we we don't want someone who's, like, 95. Because um, <laughs> there's, no, the there's no future. <laughs> right. Uh, we also wanted to kind of maybe go with media and arts because that's that's more of our taste. That's more yeah. of our lifestyle. It's more of our passions, I right. guess. Uh, I would say this podcast is definitely more media and arts and yeah, entertainment. For sure. Yeah. I know for me it was important to have someone who existed at a, a, a bunch of different intersections that yes. maybe – us as intersectional feminists, but not necessarily um, 
existing at a ton of intersections right, 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 could right, right. relate to. Yeah. I kind of wanted also someone that was going to put me in check a little bit. Yeah. I and agree. I think that this is her. I think yeah. we found her. She's amazing in in what she stands for, too. Mm-hmm. I also wanted someone who was sort of spiritual yeah. and has this, like, luminous type of, like, light shining mm-hmm. through her that when you look at her, you can't help but be like, oh, I got to get my shit together. Yeah, you know, definitely. Like, I can't complain. For sure. I got my hands. For I got my feet. Sure. I have not gone through what she's mm-hmm. gone through. And regardless of what color or what she has or what she's, like, her story alone mm-hmm will inspire you and make you be grateful for what you have across the lines, all genders, all ages. So she is universal in that sense. Absolutely. And that is the future. So she is going to tear up the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. She is making marginalized bodies visible. More on that in a second. She is Antiguan American disabled gender nonconforming trans female model, Erin Phillip. Mm-hmm. To say all of that, I feel so like she's I, only seventeen. She's only seventeen. And I just don't feel worthy to be. To, <laughs> I honestly don't. I honestly don't even feel worthy to be talking about her right now because she's just so phenomenal. Yeah. So absolutely. should we just like do? Let's just do our finer points. Yeah. Let's go into it. So she made history in the summer of 2018 for being the first Black trans disabled model to sign to Elite Model Management. I'm gonna repeat: first Black, mm-hmm. first trans disabled black trans disabled model to sign with elite model management yeah exactly like take all of that that's a lot Uh, the narrow trying to picture it all right the narrow beauty standards that we had that the mod the the fashion industry has even narrower if you're a model to overcome all of that and sign to one of the top modeling agencies in the world is pretty remarkable and she literally tweeted her career into existence. I know. Because last November, Philip literally tweeted her modeling career with this caption. Quote, honestly, when I get scouted, discovered by a modeling agency, it's over for y'all. By y'all, I mean the world. It's real inclusivity. Diversity hours, folks, get into it. Yes, Erin. <laughs> yes. That post racked up thousands of likes and retweets. And Philip credits it as the moment that her career took off. I mean, how modern day is that? That you were essentially scouted on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Dope. Love yeah, it. That's, uh, that's the power of social media for you all. For Healthy sure. social media. I was reading articles today, side note, I was reading a shit ton of articles today on, uh, like, detoxing from your cell phone. Mm-hmm, that's the new thing. And, like, Marie Kondoing your cell phone, like, only have apps that bring you joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, essentially breaking up with your cell phone and doing, like, media detoxes. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there in bed going, like, what kind of world we live in? I would have never thought as a young girl that I would be reading articles on detoxing from your cell phone in my late 20s. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, there are certain phone companies uh, that you can buy like an old school flip phone. Yeah. There's and, also a lot of new phones now too that only allow you to have like limited basic right. functions. So even if you wanted to add a bunch of apps and be fancy, you couldn't because a cell phone doesn't let you. Totally. Uh, But dang. <laughs> We well, should have an episode about that. You know who needs to stay on Instagram is Aaron Phillip. <laughs> there you go. Because uh, that's what made that's what right. That's how Power she took off. Right. Yeah. She uh, she's also an advocate for trans and disabled visibility because, as she says, "quote People place limits and boxes upon bodies that are not represented." 
oh girl, we get you. We sure do. Um, I say that, let's actually get into her backstory and then I'll tell you why having her had me all just sort of twisted up. Right. Um, when we speak about disabled, she was born with cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. which is a condition that affects your basic motor functions and often requires the use of wheelchairs or um, crutches mm-hmm. or... You know, Quadriplegic cerebral palsy, to be to oh yeah, be to be exact for her yeah. Um, so she went through a lot of hurdles in the beginning of their life, for um, sure. Yeah, I mean CP is legit. It is yeah. intense, and um, just a couple, just a couple of effects and symptoms because there was a whole laundry list, and I had to stop reading because I was just like, oh my god, so much to overcome just to get out of bed and I to know. take the modeling world by storm. I hail to you. So symptoms can include uh, reduced ability to walk, reduced ability to focus eyes on a particular subject, seizures, excessive vomit, excessive drooling, excuse me, difficulty eating or swallowing, delays in speech development or slow writhing motions, floppiness, abnormal reflexes, rigidity of the limbs and shrunk, abnormal posture, involuntary movement, unsteady walking, or some combination of all of these. That is what this girl has battled against her entire life. Yeah. And when I read just that short smattering of symptoms, I wanted to shout her praises from the rooftop. I just thought, I have no right to ever complain, ever. No. Because... Well, and as a result of that, her her and her family had to be in several homeless shelters. Right. Because of the intense medical bills she kept going through, which I'm sure were like up the wazoo, hundreds and hundreds of thousands, I'm millions sure. even. For sure. Almost yeah. two years of being homeless. Yeah. So imagine what that does to someone's psyche, spirit, and soul. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But have no fear. She came back because at 14, she wrote a, memo- a memoir called... This kid can fly. It's about ability, not disability, Mm. where she spoke frankly about the challenges of growing up. 14 was a big age for her. Yeah. Because she also came out as gender fluid and assumed the they, them, she, her pronouns. And she came out in a really rockin' way. She said... I decided rather than coming out to my family one-on-one, I would come out to the internet first, being it was my safe space. She used her pronouns based on how she felt daily, but then realized she was maybe not gender fluid, but instead was non-binary. Though now she identifies as a non-binary trans girl. So, I mean, take all that in. Like, I don't know if I had the capacity, the capacity or brain space to right. Okay, and so when we say non-binary, way. we mean. Non-binary meaning she's not necessarily. So non-binary are people whose gender is not male or female, right. and they use different Set. terms to describe themselves. With non-bear, with non-binary being the most common. Right. But gender queer, agender, bi-gender are also the terms. Same. Oh, well, they're also terms. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right, right, right. Synonyms, I guess I should say. Yeah. And the way that she talks about gender, it's um really inspiring. I feel like you would appreciate it. Yeah. Chew chew on this, Jackie. You're going to love it. All right. Let me hear it. She says, gender is a big painting, and she sees pronouns as tools to fill that painting. She says that pronouns are like primary and secondary colors, especially if you have valid, especially if you had more than one pronoun, because they're both valid and they both exist. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. They do both exist. Mm Mm-hmm. That's nice. I like her depiction as like, it's like a painting. (laughs) I love that. I know. It's something I would say. Totally, totally love it. Um, And yeah, she's fighting for 
visibility of disabled bodies on the runway, but also more so just in fashion in general. Yeah, I agree. I think along with everything else, I think modeling and runway is modeling in general is one of the most I don't know, you know, it's not sexist, but it's it's only throughout my life, you know, you can only you can only be a model if you're tall and skinny and blonde and white according to yeah, it's what I saw. Yeah, not necessarily that inclusive. That's what I meant. It's right. not inclusive at all to someone who might be really good at modeling and mm-hmm. just is not 5'7" or 5'8". And so I think as a result of what's happening in the world, the runway itself is becoming more diverse. It is actually, yeah. Like there's even there's a push for that. Um, yeah. And so um, I think people, the non-white, plus size, trans, and m- more and more um, fashion designers that are only allowing or needing, requiring their models to be uh, diverse mm-hmm. um, or even I know there's this one Asian fashion designer who doesn't like none of her models wear makeup okay um, and they're all just like like simple and like it doesn't it's not about so she know, wants the clothes to, to speak yeah more than the person who's wearing the clothes right where right, in today's right, right. in today's world of fashion you know it we don't pay attention to the dress unless Gigi Hadid is wearing it down the runway. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, we don't pay attention to the gems unless they're hangling from, hangling, hanging <laughs> from Bella Hadid's ears. Like, right. something like that, for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know, I had to rack my brain to think of another model who was in a wheelchair. And I realized I didn't know one. So I took to the internet and it seems like Jillian Mercado female uh she signed to img and she's in a wheelchair because she has muscular dystrophy but like i had to search that answer out like i could not find models in wheelchairs there's that also that one beautiful model she's not what she has um vertical not vertical is it vertical no vertical is when you're she has the one where you i can't i don't talk model Sorry. Mm, I'll find it for you. I'll send Sorry it later. I'm sure that. some of you guys out there know. She has that disease where your skin, she's black. She becomes, starts becoming white. You think about Winnie Harlow? No, 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 no. Oh, I'll I don't know. I'll find it to you later. Um, yeah, but uh, the fact that it's not about a pretty face or a perfect body. Oh, but see, I think they all have pretty faces. Well, like pretty in the standards of like. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, Got the it. agencies being like, you have to okay. be a pretty face. You're talking about like the stereotypical standard of, of beauty and femininity, yeah. which i.e. is white alabaster skin, blonde hair, blue eyes, that kind of thing. Right, right, right. And the fact that now there's more of a social pressure too for mm-hmm. agencies to promote diversity and for them to look beyond, right? you know, because these models like Philip is they're starting to become influencers Mm -hmm. and affect um, this younger generation, which then does affect sales. Yeah, it does feel like our models. It's almost like going back to the 90s to the the 90s era models where those models and the models of today have a lot of social responsibility, whether they like it or not. Yeah, And companies do too now, because let's say I had my own, like, let's say I was Vera Wang mm-hmm. and people, you know, maybe back then weren't seeing so much of, you know, maybe seeing like the model roster and seeing that, Oh, they're all white, you know, like now I know that fashion moguls and fashion icons are looking at that and being like, this can't all be, 
just one color or one size. You know, like they are also... the fashion mogul saying that, or are the I see? I think the audience is saying this is unacceptable, right? And so as a result, it's causing them mm-hmm. to be like, we can't have this. Yeah, for sure. You know, like the I, demand of it is definitely out there. For sure. I was at one of my old acting teacher's offices and he had two issues of InStyle, one from like 2002 and one from, from 2004. Okay. And I remember flipping through the one from 2002 and like stopping and being like, every single person in these ads is white. Except for one model, and her name was her name is Leah Kibbity, and she's an African model, and she's beautiful. She's been around forever, but she was the only person of color I saw. Yeah. So, and 2002 wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Like we still have a long ways to go. I mean, I agree with you that runways and fashion in general are getting more diverse. I think we could definitely. Uh, attribute a lot of that to Instagram, but mm-hmm. a lot of that to our personal cult our personal taste changing and Yeah, and demanding. And, right. And, and realizing out. that we have a voice. Totally. But the spring summer two thousand nineteen runways were the most diverse on record. That's awesome. So you are right there. In terms of uh, New York Fashion Week alone, forty four point eight percent of models on the runway were models of color. Forty nine awesome. were plus size and fifty three identified as trans or non binary. But keep in mind, the latter two only equate to 2.2 to 2.42% of all models, Mm. respectively. Mm. That being said, there were no models in wheelchairs. Right. And Philip is not okay with this. I'm sure. Because she was supposed to make her debut Debut at the 2018 New York York Fashion Fashion Week. Week. And it didn't happen. And it was simply because a lot of the locations that I guess she was supposed to oh, she had to, to walk the runway of, well, they didn't, they weren't wheelchair accessible. Mm. And you have to stop and wonder, well, who are you selling to if you're having fashion shows, some of the biggest fashion shows and the most sought after and the most anticipated fashion shows in the world. Yeah. But you have no way for your disabled clientele to attend the show right you know what i mean i wonder how many disabled people you see sitting in these sitting at these shows my answer is probably not many not many because if you're not creating a way for them to get inside the building physically yeah how right how can they even get on the stage right but have no fear i'm sure you have no issue taking their money yep and so I think that that Philip, is the fundamental truth of this country. <laughs> that, that is capitalism at its finest. Yep, exactly. Right. Uh, in terms of New York Fashion Week, Philip said, "I was supposed to do New York Fashion Week this season. We had made provisions for me to have my debut, but there were problems. No runways were able to accommodate a wheelchair. Apparently, they weren't physically accessible at all. The fact that no show spaces were accessible to wheelchair users shows how far there is to go." It's like, okay, I think this is a conversation that needs to be had because it's wrong. Yeah, that's pretty yep. straightforward. Definitely. And she's really making, looking to make an impact. As she should. In fashion yeah. by representing bodies that look like hers. Right. And when I say bodies that look like hers, I mean differently abled bodies. Yeah. Uh, preparing for this episode, I really had to examine my own ableist thoughts that maybe mm. were or weren't there interesting um and if you've never heard of ableism let's talk about it for a little bit yeah. i think it's an ism that we don't talk about on the show right one of the few 
So ableism is discrimination in favor of abled bodied people. It is a set of beliefs or practices that devalue or discriminate against people with physical intellectual or psychiatric disabilities and often rests on the assumption that disabled people need to be quote fixed in one way or another Mm. i think in the united states if you are an able-bodied person and you do not have to and you have no uh immediate contact with someone who is disabled handicapped physically uh mentally physically what have you i don't think we deal with disabled people well i agree and i think it starts from a young age oh i've you read my mind i was just i was saying that in my head as you were all saying it out loud yeah i think i I know for me the first time i ever saw someone who was mentally handicapped it was in a public place it was a a very loud vocal outburst and so when you're a kid and something breaks the norm what do you do you look over and you cannot help but look away and i remember my mom tapping my shoulder and saying don't stare don't stare and that like turn around and just act like that's not happening yeah which doesn't even really does help nothing because then you even feel more like they're they're different because you can't stare at them but as a child you you're not you're not trying to be malicious but also when those sorts of things occur i don't know for, for about you but like there was no conversation that was had right, about was, mentally handicapped There's no people. education. There's no education it. at all. Right. Totally. Right. And and that's that's not okay in the sense that if that doesn't education doesn't happen then you tend to just figure it out on your own which as a child you know it's easy because you haven't really formed your mind and right. formed who you are even with yourself. And then you see someone who intrigues you based on what they look like, but they're your age, maybe. Right. You know? Yeah. So it becomes very, very odd. Right. And I think also when you're having to figure it out on the fly as a kid, as it sound like, sounds like we both did, I felt like my answer was, don't stare if it's happening, but not in my immediate vicinity. But if I am talking to someone who is mentally handicapped or physically disabled, be extra nice. Yeah. And just yeah, act yeah. like right. nothing's different. Wrong or weird. Yeah. Or just, that they, yeah. yeah and, I, and I realize that is my ableist, uh, my, my ableism showing because what I'm essentially doing in that moment is saying, I'm going to be super nice to you in, in an effort to treat you like everybody else. Right. But within doing that, there is almost a feeling of like, I feel like I have to be nice to you because you're in this really tragic situation and I'm just going to help you as much as I can because I don't know what you're capable of. And I shouldn't do that because I should never think, oh, because this person's disabled, they aren't capable of X, Y, and Z. Or because, yeah, and if, and if, and I think a lot of. People. able-bodied people have that same problem for sure uh because then with that being said like what if they are maybe just totally fine and they just don't have one but they're like maybe mentally fine and they're really being an asshole you know like they don't That's deserve too. they don't deserve to not be an at like to let that like pass go by mm-hmm. because they somehow are disabled like that doesn't give you the right to you know what i mean I so like you can treat it with that aspect too and it's like I'm not I'm not like putting them down at all. I'm just saying like when you we can just be like when you can acknowledge it with yourself and just say that this is a human inside that person mm-hmm. is a soul, 
mm-hmm. and go from that point of view, I think it becomes very different. And I know? totally agree with you on that. And I think that's really hard to do because I think that the way that disability is presented in TV and in film is either A, not represented at all. Yeah. Or it's represented through like a doctor lens. Yeah. You know what I mean? This person needs to, there's something wrong with this person and it needs to be fixed. Right. As opposed to what you're saying, which is this is a human being who was born with, who was born with a different body that works differently than me. Right. He or she, they, them, them. um, they're still human beings with feelings. Yeah. They're still people that can do things for themselves. Right. And it's fixing them, quote unquote, is not the answer. Right. The answer is giving them opportunities in the world where they can live the fullest to the fullest, richest extent, the exactly. way that an able bodied person can. Exactly. Because I think when you have that approach, you are allowing them to be fully expressed. Mm-hmm. You're allowing them to. And if if maybe the way you are being with them as far as treating them like a normal person you know, maybe that's challenging for them in a certain way, but those maybe those challenges are good because, I mean, I don't know too much about what it's like to be disabled, but I... I, I don't either. You know, but it, I can maybe be like, maybe someone's treating me different because I'm Asian. And it's like, oh, listen, okay, like, okay. just because I'm Asian doesn't mean I can't do this or I can't say this or I can't think this. Right, you being don't Asian know. is not a disability. You don't know what Correct. it's like to be Asian. So why don't Get you that? give me like all the abilities to be mm-hmm. and let me see if I can do that or cannot. And For I'll sure. be the one to show you. For sure. 100%. You know? And yeah. so, I mean, it's getting better now. I think with, there's more awareness, there's a lot more autistic um, people than, you know, before I'm sure this and the statistics are rising. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a cause of environment or a cause of women, you know, maybe having kids later, like all this stuff that I know the, the statistics rise because of that. But, Growing up, like, you and I, I don't remember watching videos of, like, people who are autistic and, like, seeing autistic people on television or people Mm -hmm. being interviewed or even just, like, LBGTQ. Like, none of that stuff was there when we were younger. Mm -hmm. And so... I mean, in in sense, I'm I'm grateful that we kind of were exposed to that older and like forming our mind. But at the same time, it's like I'm sure this generation that gets to ex- be exposed to that at a much younger age, they don't have maybe the difficulties or the feelings that we had arising, you know, of like yeah. looking. And I remember many times being little, being like, "Well, that person's weird because of what they looked like." Or and that's a very natural kid thing it to do. Is. Or say. And I'm grateful that I didn't like. I was never prone to just be, like, I was never, like, a really mean child, yeah, you know? Yeah. But I'm sure there were people who have gone through that and grown up and be like, wow, like, I was mm-hmm. a dick to that autistic person, and I, it's because I didn't know, right? you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of education. It's a lot of understanding more of, like, the human nature fundamentally as human beings and soul. And as a young child, that's really hard to understand. Yeah, definitely. To come from a place of compassion and love. Mm -hmm. And when you can treat someone, like you said, like, treating this person like, oh, everything's fine. Uh, Let me just be nice to this person. It's more of, like... That was my inclination. Right. I think it's more of, like, just if you are compassionate enough... Mm -hmm no matter with who, and you can practice that compassion, if someone comes your way and they are some, like, have the most disabled whatever in that you've ever seen, mm-hmm. insert, you know, disabledness here, 
if you have been practicing compassion, you're not going to have a problem. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're not going to have be... a problem being compassionate to someone that is different than you. Yes, because that's you've been practicing so your whole life. And that, yeah. I think, is something no one really teaches us. Mm-hmm. Like, to have, like, unconscious choice to do that. Right. And we ourselves as people don't search. I mean, more now, you know, you see, like, spiritual gurus. You see right. people be more gravitated towards meditation. Correct. Because of the current state that we're all in. But, but I think that's maybe, like, the more fundamental point in that it's just you know? lead with compassion i think so. i think also and i and i think that aaron does a really great job of this is we have a problem identifying what true disability looks like right we have a feigned image in our minds of what it looks like because of tv but i also don't necessarily think that we have a, a, a solid definition person to person on on what disability means yeah but like on an individual level people would define disability differently i'm not talking right. about merriam webster's technical right, definition right, 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 right. i'm talking about maybe what i view as yeah. someone who is disabled could be different from what someone right. else views right. as disabled i've also watched a lot of videos on people who i think were disabled but they don't think they're disabled that i've seen that too you know and i love that yes and then that's like yes. oh shit maybe they're not disabled. Like, and then I'm like, why am right. I thinking they're disabled if they don't think they're disabled? Right. You know, like, like that wouldn't, like, I now I'm a jerk. <laughs> God damn it. They're thinking that. And they, they knew that you were being an asshole. Right. They so like, that. okay, fuck me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, you are not disabled. You are like all and well, and you are, this is your life and you take control of it. How dare you think like, anything? Maybe you're disabled. <laughs> I am. Maybe that's another thing. Maybe it's me. Maybe you're the weird one. Right? Like, I I mean, but I fundamentally think that, like, that this is my view on disabled people or even, like, LBGTQ, like, all these kinds of people that maybe aren't the traditional or whatever it is, all these, like, labels, they're here to be teachers. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really are. That's a really, really important point that I think needs to be handled at home. Period. Bolded, underlined, italics, dot, period. That's it. Yeah, because we talk a lot on this show about educating yourself as it comes yes. to being a minority, as yes. it comes to the experience. And yes. I think it, it, it also extends to, if you are an able-bodied person, educating yourself yes. as to what it means to be disabled mm-hmm. and what disabi- true disability looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and not feels this, like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. Ch- put, check your savior complex, okay? For like, sure. We are not here to stroke our own egos no. by helping someone that we think is in need of help when maybe they could completely not be. Right. Or it's like the opposite where it's like we think we need to help them, but in truth, they're helping us. For sure. Right? Yeah. And I think that's the true message behind all of that. I mean, I don't know how to really describe it or define it, but that's a feeling intuitively I've had since I was a young girl. I yeah. Think. After, like, really, like, I remember having a specific conversation with my mom about it, and I think my mom said something like, there's always something to learn. Yeah. Like, You're saying it. be open to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and e- even, like, whatever emotions are being evoked by someone who is possibly disabled that you are being confronted with yeah consistently yeah that is teaching you something for sure and we are used to as human beings in today's world is to just pull our phones out and ignore our feeling right. eat something and ignore feeling smoke something drink something take something watch something it's this constant new age media generation this that does not want to confront that mm-hmm. and is not actually working inwardly but is constantly working outwardly sure. and i think that causes a lot of problems in general mm-hmm. and so just confront it 
Like, yeah. I mean, I will say, like, growing up as a kid, the mentally handicapped, it was, I was always really uncomfortable around them simply yeah. because I didn't understand yeah, well, what was happening because there was no vocabulary. Voice. Yeah, it's just sounds. Yeah, like no right? one broke down what something was. And right. so it was on me to get older to go, okay, what is this thing? Oh, that's what this is? Oh, but their brain still works perfectly well. Or, oh, that's what this is? Oh, but that's where the tremors are coming from. It's it's the constant education. It is. And again, like it's recognizing your privilege. If you are walking around upright and able, if you yeah. can run 22 fucking miles. Oh, girl. You fine. Yeah. You are fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think it's necessary for us who are quote unquote abled bodies mm-hmm. to, you know, have that gratitude and to give back as much as we can, either monetarily or through actions. And if you can't do either of those, then it's just I think every day in how you live your life for and sure. how you treat people. Because that goes, that's that's like your, like, there's like a karma collector up there, you right. know, and they're watching. It's, it's totally true. <laughs> that's how I see it. And look, Erin is here to teach us. She's Absolutely. here to make disabled bodies visible. Young girls. She, she's here to make young African-American trans young women visible. Yeah. Femmes visible. Like, yeah. she's doing the work. We have to right. receive it. And Everyone. this is why she is our future feminist. Yeah, I mean... She stands for so much. So much. She Her life really exists at a lot of different intersections. Hey, Kimberly. What's up, girl? <laughs> um, it totally, like, and it's, it's nuts that it takes someone who exists at so many different spots to really wake us up. But thank God. Again, like, she's a teacher. Yeah. Thank you know? God for Aaron. We know you are going to blow the fuck up, yeah. so we want to be ahead of the curve and talk, <laughs> talk about you early. Um, but I think for our call to action, yes. I in, in researching ableism, came across an article. It is by a girl named Leah Smith, and the article is called Hashtag Ableism, and she wrote this for the Center of Disability Rights. And I'm going to have her tell us how to de- Root. Go on, Leah. Tell I'm gonna, us. I'm going to let Leah talk to us. So she says the best way to deroot ableism in our everyday lives is to ensure that there's always a seat at the table for those who are like you and those who are not, but also checking ourselves on how we treat people with disabilities once they are at the table. As simple as this sounds, derooting ableism is often as simple as just treating disabled people like you would anyone else. Novel idea, I know. So she's just saying, like, leave a space. Yeah. You know what I mean? Save that seat. Don't be like the plastics and mean girls. Yeah, it is. It's tough. I was just thinking, as you were reading that, I just had this thought in my head, you know, where, you know, school is a harsh place and we learn a lot of things in school. We learn a lot of things with kids. We learn a lot of things at that age that stay with us forever. Yeah. And so there is a harsh, harsh realization that we have to confront as we're adults that, these things that we've learned at 14, at 15, at 12 um, have actually been with us for a very long time. And it's time to get rid of those things for sure. that actually aren't helping anyone. Yeah. And so um, with that being said, you know, it, it's it's it takes hard, hard work mm-hmm. and it's not easy and you're going to feel shitty. But to be honest, I don't think people think they have a choice. But to be honest, I don't think you have a choice. I no. think you, you have to do this kind of work at mm-hmm. some point. 
Otherwise, you will suffer. Definitely. That's it. You can't sit with us is whack. It is. Please sit with us. Let me pull your chair oh, out. Can I take your jacket off, yeah. actually? <laughs> Would you like a massage? It's in. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're embracing people in 2019. Yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's sad that we have to have this, like, I, this, like exclamatory moment of that's the way to go yeah i know i mean it's yeah. always been that way but you know humans yeah. and they're the darkness mm-hmm. and there's the light you know mm-hmm. it's, but i think the more we can talk about it openly and the more people can just sort of start to like get this idea on a more just like yeah totally like it's it's great it's better the faster sure. you know the more the merrier yeah and with yeah. that happy black history month yeah. y'all couple day like a couple like 10 days left in february so let's keep it going uh, sure less than 10 something like that i'm Five. not quite sure can't do math i'm looking forward to march 24th so i am not quite clear on how many days are left in black history month to be completely honest with All you good. i will say i've been watching a lot of uniquely african-american television i just oh. watched amanda seals uh comedy stand-up i be knowing it was so funny i highly recommend really? it if someone is Looking right. to intake a little more black media. I'm also mm-hmm. watching Black Monday about a black yeah, man on I was Wall just Street. Gonna say that. Great like show. I love it. Great show. Hop all over that. Two Dope Queens has a special mm-hmm. out right now. Hop on Dope. that. There's so much to watch. Right. I think next thing on my docket is Spike Lee's Malcolm X. Ah. <sighs> But alas, so so much one. The blacks, leave the it blacks. to the blacks. We are <laughs> all baby. hail, all hail the blacks. Um, <laughs> with that, this episode was produced by Christian Humes over at Zeitheist. This is the Black and Yellow Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Black and Yellow Podcast. Or on Spotify. And Chubs. iTunes. Yeah, Apple yeah. iTunes. Rate, review, leave a comment. We'd love to know what you guys think. The more um, reviews we get, uh, the better for us. We want to promote the show. and um, Go ahead and subscribe you. while yeah, you're please also subscribe. there. Might as well. We would, love for you to, we would love to be in your ear talking at you. Sometimes we talk up here. Sometimes we talk down here. And in there. We want to be all up in your Ear, please. I'll open your space. I'll open your ear, your brain, like whatever. You guys like us. <laughs> if please. you want to talk to us individually, don't worry. If you want to talk shit on Jackie, I won't. <laughs> I'm Alana at Renegade of Fun. I'm Jacqueline Chung Young on the gram, and we'll catch you guys next time. One love, stay woke. Have a great rest of your Black History Month. Bye. Bye.